0: Today on the Colin and Samir podcast, we're joined by our good friends, Rachel and Daniel of Mango Street. Rachel and Daniel have created a very successful brand on YouTube through photography tutorials, films, and a unique take on vlogs. If you haven't checked out their channel yet, just go onto YouTube, type in Mango Street, and watch any of their videos. My personal favorite is a recent vlog they did for their dog, Carlton. They describe their channel with one simple line, Photography tutorials that don't waste your time. Since they started the channel in January 2017, they've gained over 750,000 subscribers and they're growing rapidly towards that 1 million subscriber mark. On this podcast, we talk to them about their creative partnership and what it's like to balance their marriage with their business. We also talk about monetization and how they think about diversifying their revenue as online creators. We get into a lot of interesting topics, especially around the concept of creation and the difference between passion projects and projects that are more business-focused. We also talk about our mutual love for the greatest television show ever created, The Office. Rachel and Daniel are incredibly talented creators, they're very savvy entrepreneurs, and overall just some of the coolest people we've met on this YouTube journey. So without further ado, here's our conversation with Rachel and Daniel from Mango Street. All right. Today we are in downtown Los Angeles, in probably one of the coolest places we've podcasted in. Oh, thank you. And it is a podcast studio in Rachel and Daniel's
1: new studio. How do you explain this space? You explain it. Um, So, well, we have we have like these two neighboring units. One is like a photo studio space, perfect for photo shoots, film shoots. And then next door, we're having uh, a co-working space for anyone who wants a little bit more like community, any like freelancers, kind of creative types that kind of want to work with other people, but still independently have, a, have an office to go to. Um, so that's next door and uh, should be really cool.
0: They also have cold brew on tap, which is the dream for anyone who works in a creative space. It's nitro cold brew. Yeah, you're right. Sense. Nitro. Yeah. Actually two options yeah. of cold brew on tap. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, we have the nitro option and then just a the normal, regular cold brew <laughs> for people who don't like all the nitrogen infused goodness. Oh, I like to have fun!
0: Oh wow, shots fired! <laughs> so it's pretty amazing to walk into here because it's a—it's um, so interesting to see like the physical embodiment or like what can physically be created when you're a online creator. Um, it's pretty fascinating to see that. And uh, one thing that we're really excited about about having you guys on the show is that our first episode ever was about creative partnerships and what that's like to be in a partnership now obviously you guys are in a partnership but it goes much deeper than Colin and mine funny enough people just assume that Colin and I live together um, which we don't Uh, I think it's just because they see us within this like frame of YouTube and can't imagine the world outside of it Uh, but you know you guys are uh, married you guys work together uh, you guys live together it's it's fascinating to me Uh, so i'd love to start the podcast off by having you guys tell us how you met and how mango street came about
2: um we don't everybody always asks us how we met and we don't have a cool story for that it's basically just the internet just the truth (laughs) the
1: the truth isn't that interesting it was like through facebook i mean we had like a mutual friend in real life that we both knew and homegirl over here he sent me a friend, re- friend request and I was like, Ooh, Who's this little bitty? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't really talk like that, uh, so anymore, anymore, yeah. Anymore, yeah that was that was like me when I was 22, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just um, I was pretty interested, so I just liked all of her statuses and whatnot. And then, um, next thing you know, Mango Street, <laughs> <laughs> so that's like the old school sliding
0: into the DMs is friend, re- yeah. like shooting a friend request. So, Rachel, tell us about like why you sent that friend request you just
2: thought he was cool no (laughs) No. it's a really really dumb story i was looking for um the one of the guys in his band was named chris stewart which is the most generic name on the internet there's like thirty six thousand on facebook and so i was like i'll just add someone in his band and then i can find him from his friends list that was
1: so she's going after someone else yeah is that is that (laughs) what was happening exactly i wasn't
3: going
2: after him to be clear Ever in my life, just to be clear. <laughs> <laughs>
3: okay, so so you accepted the friend request, and then did you guys just start talking back and forth? At what point did you meet in person?
2: It was kind of a, maybe like a few months after that.
3: Yeah, a few months later.
1: So at some point, I was like tweeting at her too much, and she's like, just text me. So uh, <laughs> we started texting. That was like on Christmas Eve or something in 2010. and um, And then in January, my band was playing a show, in Indianapolis, and so uh, she drove down, and that's that's the first time we met.
3: And Aww. you're both from the same area, correct?
2: Uh, we're both from the same state. I live, like, right outside of Chicago, northwest Indiana, and he was, like, two and a half hours away in Indianapolis.
3: Yeah. So what was that like the first time you met in person?
1: Well, we're both so, like, uh, kind of introverted and quiet that we didn't, it was, like, kind of awkward, probably.
2: I don't actually super remember it.
1: Wow, I do because it was a big moment for me. But for her, <laughs> yeah, it's just like yeah, another yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, first of all, sh- a show is not like a great place to have a conversation because it's like loud and terrible acoustics because it's an old venue. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was it was chill, but I think we both liked each other enough to keep hanging out. So, um, but that was in 2011, I guess, when we met, and then. um it wasn't until like 2017, I think, that we started our channel.
0: So wh- what were what were you guys doing at the time that you met? Like you were in a band, but were you doing something with creation, with photo, video?
1: I was creating uh, pizzas and then delivering them to people who <laughs> ordered them. That yeah, was pretty cool. Living out of my parents' basement. Um, yeah, no, I was still trying to make the band <laughs> thing happen. So, um, I didn't even know how to how to take photos really. I mean, I took like a photography class in high school when I was like 15. You did some darkroom stuff, but like, I didn't really know. You know, I was like, "It's cool," but you know, I'm more into music
3: and stuff. So, and Rachel, were you into photography, or did you guys find that together?
2: Yeah, I was into photography, but I wasn't doing it uh, professionally. You're in school still. I would think I was in school still, yeah. And then I sort of like I dragged Daniel into it because I get like a lot of anxiety shooting by myself. So I, like, I made him shoot with me. He was like really good with technology, so I made him build me a website, like. I made <laughs> I basically dragged him into like the creative side of it.
1: Like I think you prefer like learning by like someone hands on showing you yeah. and I can like open up a manual and, or like you know get online and like try to figure it out you know that way. So she'd have me figure out something and then show her. I think is kinda how that worked.
0: We we can't I don't wanna move too far past this timeline because uh, we don't know your band name yet. What was the band name? <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're called sweatshirt weather.
0: Wow,
3: Mm -hmm. okay. I mean, Sweater Weather was a hit song.
1: Yeah, and then people would text me and be like, oh, I heard your band on the radio. I was like, no, you heard the Neighborhood's song, Sweater Weather, which is not even my band's name, so thanks a lot for caring.
3: Okay. Okay. Sorry
0: to bring that up. That's, yeah. <laughs> what, the, what, what type of music? Was it like punk rock? What was Not
1: punk music rock. Music? It was definitely more pop rock. Like I would say uh, like something corporate. Jack's Mannequin was definitely like a, awesome. a big influence. We even like recorded with his producer because we love the sound so much. So that was probably
0: like, is that main... still is it, is it available?
1: Don't look it up.
3: It's on Spotify. Yeah, we're looking it
0: Wow, it's on Spotify?
3: Great. Let's play it right now. Yeah.
2: <laughs> 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 I got
1: to
3: go. <laughs> I mean, I love Jack's Mannequin. I grew up going to like Jack's Mannequin shows. Mm-hmm.
2: It was more like electronicy than that. Or...
1: Yes. Yeah, so, okay. Re- if we're gonna talk about it, real quick. Yeah. Uh, I when I was in school in Florida, my friend Chris was in at Purdue in Indiana, and so we were just trading like uh, Reason files, which is like a MIDI kind of software. So we're just like trading files back and forth, working on songs. And so it was we had no guitar in it, even though we both play guitar originally. So it was very electronic based, and then we like kind of evolved and added more piano and guitar. But that's that's enough of that. That
0: was Chris Stewart. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, before yeah, so we're we're gonna move past this, but um, <laughs>
1: cut all this which, out.
0: <laughs> which song should we preview? Midwestern Love. No. Be someone. Eh. Fall in 106. Yeah. Best intentions. Yeah. Wow, I think we're almost out There's
1: only one more Escapade (laughs) Escapade So we did the whole Really cool acoustic um, EP that got taken off I gotta put that back on Mm. But uh, I guess you could do um, Be Someone Okay
0: Wow, this is awesome This is really good All right, that's all you got on the podcast. We're going to have you guys go check it out on Spotify. Sweatshirt weather. I'm looking at it right now. It looks awesome. I'm
3: going to be honest. I know that's way better than I expected, just to be honest. I don't know what what that says about what you expect of me. No, I just like, I think I just assume when people have bands from far back, like way back in the day, that it's, I don't know. Yeah, like I don't have like a
1: Hawthorne Heights wannabe, like out. Yeah.
3: So so you also at
0: that time um, were also into audio engineering, right?
1: Yeah, I, I went to school for audio engineering, and then uh, in 2008, I finished school and I moved to LA and worked at a recording studio as a runner, which is kind of like an intern—you just run errands for people. For it was a lot of like high pressure. It was like it was a it really it was like an awesome recording studio, but the job was terrible. Um, it was like minimum wage, working like 50, 60 hours a week. You know, fulfilling like writers for like Mariah Carey and stuff. It was not very uh, fun, I got burnt out really fast, and I moved back to Indiana.
0: So w- wait, hold on, so w- at what point did you, is, was there a point where you were like, you know what, I, uh, I'm not gonna do the band anymore? Or did the band break up, or how did, like, cuz? Y- okay, so,
1: so I, I left L.A. to play in the band, um, and I did that for a couple years. Our singer quit, um, other things happened, you know, it just kinda fell apart. Um, we kinda all just decided to do other things, and so that was when I was like, well, I'm gonna move to Chicago, and try the studio thing again. So I moved to Chicago to work at a recording studio. Um, and that was around the same time, like Rachel and I started, you know, getting, getting more serious. Yeah. Living together. All right. So Rachel, your side of
0: the story now. So you, you guys, uh, how do you get from going to that first concert to living together? And then how do you guys end up in LA? Oh, uh,
2: I like sneak moved in. <laughs> I just like, I bought two of everything and I just like left it out of the apartment. And then I stopped going back home.
1: You had, like, an internship a couple days a week in Chicago.
2: Yeah, and then basically he moved there in, like, March, and I was, like, fully moved in by, like, June probably. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and then we just...
1: It was a really small studio yeah, apartment.
2: Yeah, it was, like, 300 square feet or something like that. So yeah. It was, like, a little closet of a kitchen connected to a little closet of a living room. There,
1: there was, like, barely enough space for me. I mean, there really wasn't even enough space for me because I had, like, way too much stuff, but... um it was really hard with two people. So after that lease was up, um, I was like, we need more space.
2: Yeah. then we just kept moving around Chicago. We're like serial movers. And then we both would come out to LA, like at least once a year. We both loved it a lot. And then we're like, I want to like move there before I die. So like, we should probably do that while we're young.
1: Yeah. The Midwest is, I mean, Chicago is a great city, but like it gets boring, uh, outside the city like there's ge- geographically there's not a whole lot it's just the midwest it's kind of flat cornfields stuff like that so, Don't be so mean about chicago. that's the, that's the fact um whereas like southern california is to me coming from a very flat cornfield state um it's way more interesting so
2: they're both good cities i'd say
1: <laughs> nothing against chicago <laughs> just geographic facts so
0: what what was the thought when you guys moved out to los angeles
2: like what do you mean
0: like what what did you uh, did you, I guess, like looking at where you are today here, was this kind of what you expected when oh, you guys first moved out, or w- what did you expect?
2: I wanted to live in the arts district before we moved out here, and then we tried a few times. There was like never anything available, so we moved downtown. So, like, I would say that aligned. And, prof-
1: and professionally, like, I would say we, I think we both at this point wanted to do photography, um, you know, in a more serious capacity. Like, Rachel's already a wedding photographer. Um, I never really like shooting weddings though, so I, I kind of always wanted to do more of the commercial side of it. Um, but I, you know, we never intended to make a YouTube channel or anything like
3: that. But you were making a living for yourselves at that point when you moved to LA off of photography?
2: Yeah, it's, so I was in the Chicago market and I had to switch to the LA market, which was like, um, it's, it's really hard to do that, um. And the, the markets are so different. Like, though people charge a lot less out here for weddings because it's kind of oversaturated. Um, so it, I was doing, like, supplemental things, like uh, a lot of sponsored content on Instagram and, uh, like, working for a brand on Instagram, uh, like, running their social media. Um, sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh. I was going to say, well, so I was a video editor in Chicago at, like, a boutique production company, and I also shot weddings with Rachel on the weekends. Um, so when I came out to LA, that was like my main, that was like my main gig. So, um, I continued doing that, like kind of remotely for a little bit. Um, and then that, that started to dry up and then, um, I was like, well, maybe I should, you know, I really like doing motion graphics at this point. So, um, I wanted to get a job doing motion graphics at a company. So that was when I started like applying for these motion graphics jobs around LA. And, um, I eventually got a job doing that and I was there for a year while rachel's continuing to do photography and stuff um for her full-time job
0: was that the uh arrested development like resume that you sent over
1: wait how'd you find out about that
0: i did my research but Uh, is that
1: no so that was back in chicago there's this i was like uh there's this company that was like it's like this cool company culture kind of thing where they actually do like really boring you know garbage stuff but it's like oh it seems like a cool place to work and i was like I was, you know, young and uh, I just finished my internship at the studio and I was like, oh, this looks so cool. And um, I was like super underqualified for it. So um, this whole job was based on like Flash, which is kind of an outdated technology anyways. And so um, I taught myself how to, you know, use Flash and then made my resume in Flash in the style of their software product that they kind of did for people. So it was Arrested Development themed resume where you could kind of click through everything and honestly it was like super cool so like got me in the door with them and I got like I got an interview even though I was like vastly underqualified for this position but I got their attention so that's always been like um something I've like kept in mind when I was like applying for jobs in the future was um how to set yourself apart.
3: Were you playing someone from Arrested Development? Like were you a specific character? character?
1: No so so what it was is like um the whole... the Style of it was the style of the The Arrested Development intro with like this like orange with like these kind of like tape kind of like arrows like these hand drawn arrow, arrows like the intro to Arrested Development. So it was just like all of that, and I think that maybe the music or something. I don't really remember it, um, but it was just all in that style.
3: That's amazing, and that's the type of thing that we actually did in the video with you, where we recreated the Freaks and Geeks intro. Yeah, a similar like, type of thing.
2: Yeah, we like recreating intros for when we do a collab.
3: Yeah,
1: I think that remains one of our favorite yeah. <laughs> favorite intros we've done on our channel.
3: So, are either of you growing a social following when you move out to LA? And like, on what platform was it Instagram first? Or
2: oh yeah, we had like a little bit of an, a social following on Instagram because we were suggested users back in the day. Um,
0: yeah, and was that sorry. from the the hashtag project, the Instagram uh, hashtag? project? Yeah, I,
2: I think that's why we got picked up for that. But it wasn't like. A, it wasn't doing very much for us. Like, we could do sponsored content, but...
1: Yeah, like, I had, I don't maybe, like, 50,000 Instagram followers, but, like, when you are a suggested user, you don't really get high-quality uh, followers. Like, they don't really care. They don't really, like, look at your work, I don't think. So, it'd be, like, a big follower account and then, like, 200 likes or something. So, not much interaction. Um, so, it was, like... Yeah, you could do like maybe a sponsored post here and there to make a little extra money on the side, but like it wasn't like it wasn't booming or anything.
0: Did you ever did you view social media at this time as like a realistic
1: career path?
2: Um, I hope I never do that, but uh <laughs> but it was it was like a supplemental income.
1: Yeah, I mean, it helped like Rachel, she created like Instagram photos and in, like stop motion stuff for this food company for like a year and a half and that like I mean, that paid a lot of bills for a long time. So we've always, like, known, you know, the potential, like, the potential of it. Um, but at that time, I don't think it was super, you know, like, it was kind of stagnant, I think, for us.
2: Yeah.
0: So one thing I really enjoy about you guys is your taste in television. Thank you. Did, did you guys connect? Over that? And I just want to, we talked about the Freaks and Geeks intro, but, like, you're watching your videos when I first started watching them. The fact that the office was like a character inside of your videos was something that really attracted me to your channel and was like I was like, "Oh my God, these people are so funny <laughs> um so was that like something that you guys connected over in the beginning, or as you yeah I don't know created your brand like comedy your comedy is actually really uh amazing, and like even you're one of my favorite followers on twitter um Thank you. So like, was that, She's good at Twitter. yeah, was that something that
2: I actually, I want to take back what I said earlier, I would be a professional tweeter. I yes, would do that. you,
0: you kind of are a professional <laughs> tweeter right now. I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, some of that personality stuff doesn't come out all the time in, in photography. And there was some movement between you guys to put yourselves on camera and, and go into video. Uh, where did that come from? How did how did you go from like you know creating Instagram photos to p- deciding to make a YouTube channel?
1: Okay, well, uh, so the motion graphics job I got, I was working at a company where it was like the founders had started a YouTube channel back in the day and had success, and um, we were working on a course at the time. I was doing motion graphics for this course. It was like how to start a successful YouTube channel, and so I'm like hearing these snippets over and over again as I'm creating motion graphics for it, and I was like. Rachel, we should start a YouTube channel. Like, it's people, you know, make livings off of it. You know, like, it's pretty cool. And she's like, I always have, like, these kind of hairbrained like, um, ideas of, like, s- side hustles and stuff. That's just how I've always been, like, selling stuff on eBay or whatever. And so she's always like, you know, whoa, no, you don't have time to do anything else. Stop, like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Can you explain it better?
2: Uh, Well, I have to put the brakes on because he does stuff like, like he'll buy, like, a bunch of like phone cables, like three
1: hundred. Oh yeah, like Alibaba, AliExpress, or something. I buy like iPhone cables and then resell them. To
2: resell them, but to then who? he doesn't resell them, or like they don't work, and it, everything just ends up in our apartment.
1: Who do you who do you sell those? To? It's, I I still them on like eBay and stuff. One um, <laughs> one time in uh, Chicago, I bought like a it was a liquidation lot of like Home Depot returns, um, and so I got all these like power tools and stuff, and like most of them didn't work. Um, but but like there were like ended up being like all these factory sealed like uh hot water heater hookups or something and those sold for like thirty bucks each and there's like thirty of them or something. So Boy. like that ended up even though I had all this like junk tools that didn't work, there was uh I mean it still ended up like making money off it, but it was like such a hassle.
2: Anyway, that's why I always have to like rein them in.
1: Yeah, so so when I was like, let's start a YouTube channel, she's like, Uh, how about not? But then like the, I think the more she thought about it and like was looking at photography YouTube channels, there's like this gap where the photographers are either like old school or like they're from camera companies where they wear like their company's polo and talk in front of Mm -hmm. a, you know, very technical and very boring. And I don't think um, the style of photography we did was really represented that much. And, um, and if, and if it was like a cool style, a lot of the videos are very long winded. And I, I I like learned a lot. I'm like self taught a lot of things. So I learned on YouTube tutorials. So I'm like, I know a, re- a good tutorial want to see one, and I didn't really see that many good photography tutorials.
0: Did you, Rachel, have any um, fears or any thoughts around going into a creative endeavor with your partner?
2: No. So, like, we were already shooting. Like, he was doing all my – I don't think I've ever shot a wedding without him. Like, he was always – So you guys
0: had, like, a working relationship from the get-go, like, from you bringing Daniel along to do photography. You already had that.
2: Yeah, he's, like, my security blanket for anything work-related. I always have to bring him along. So, yeah, I definitely didn't have any, I don't know, inhibitions.
1: Yeah, it was, like, it just made sense because we already, I mean, she taught me how to to take photos, essentially. So um, we already had that foundation, I think.
2: The only thing I was worried about was, like, losing our weekends, which we did, but it was worth it. But I was right to be worried about that.
3: In terms of working together creatively, though, did you always kind of sync up and see eye to eye? Or did you have to, like, work through having a shared vision?
2: Well, I'd say both. Um, We, like, we're on the same page for a lot of things. But I, like, I always, I'm more of an individualist. I kind of, like, have my own vision. And if he ever, like, doesn't, like, can't see it or wants to do something different, we, like, butt heads a little bit. But for the most part, I feel like we're on the same page stylistically or whatever.
1: Yeah, I think stylistically we are. It's just um we have to, like, focus on communicating our ideas because, like she said, if I, like, don't know she already has an idea for something and I come up with an idea, she's like, no, I already have that all figured out. Um So so it's like, I think it's just making sure that we're on the same page when we start a project. Like, when we were doing um uh, our, sh- our moment short film, like, when we sat down to, like, plan out the shots, um, it-, it was, like, super important that we both had the same first overall vision for the video and then like more logistically like how we'd actually execute it um, because it, it can get difficult when um, you don't know what the other person already has in mind and then, you know, it can get like a little messy. Yeah.
2: Okay. So
3: at what point then when you start the YouTube channel, does it start to take off? Like when do you see success?
2: We, we saw it right away, which is what encouraged us to keep going. The first video was so we like set a goal. We're like, if we get like 10,000 subscribers by the end of the year, then we'll like take this seriously. Or that'd
1: be, yeah, like that'd be, that'd be
2: awesome. Yeah, and right away, like the first video got like in the first week, it had like I don't even remember.
1: Okay, so yeah, so we well, we did that video, we I posted it, and I was like, hopefully, it gets like a couple hundred views by the end of the week. So it's like motivation to keep doing it. It's like you're you know, it's like you're on the right page, you should you know, keep doing it. Because if you don't, if you get like 10 views, you're like, that was a waste of my time. Why am I doing this? So we just want like a little bit of traction just like as a motivator. Um, but then within like I think two days, it got 10,000 views or something, our first video. And so that just blew away all
3: of our goals we had set. I mean, that's like unheard of. I don't think I've any- heard of anyone who started a YouTube channel and their first video gets like 10,000 views.
2: Well, it got picked up, picked up by vlogs, or not vlogs. What Photography about? blogs. Photography blogs. Um, because it was very, it's like short and kind of like a hack kind of video that they like to pick up. So,
1: yeah. You, yeah. So, we, what we did is like we emailed like 10 photography blogs. We're like, hey, we just started this new YouTube channel. Here's our first video. Um, we think your audience might like it. And so, then like, Petapixel and uh, F I think maybe posted it. So, that helped gain like this, you know, introduce us to like their kind of readership.
0: So, I have two questions for you. One, did you know what you were doing with, the like, with video at the time? Like, you were obviously doing motion graphics. You had just learned how to do, like, photography stuff. But were you comfortable with, like, shooting video?
1: So, I okay, I, in Chicago, I worked as a video editor for, like, three and a half years. And throughout that time, I would go on shoots with them. And um, I would, like, just kind of like pick the videographer's brain, like just ask him questions or he'd teach me stuff like just from being on shoots. And so I would start to like gain this knowledge of video. And I was always like, um back in Chicago, like we would play, we had the 5D Mark II from Canon, which is great at shooting video. Um, so I think we like play around with that, but we didn't really know about like shutter speed, how that affects video.
2: We did wedding videos for a while without knowing that.
1: Yeah, so like we, we kind of just like... It was like trial by fire kind of. We just we just did it and like, you know, like if you, you learn a lot by doing, at least I do. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, oh, shooting at F1.2 for video is like, it's really hard to nail focus. Or um, when you shoot at a crazy fast shutter, you know, your video looks jittery. And we didn't necessarily know all that, but, um, we you know, we learned as we went. And so by the time we started the YouTube channel, we had like a decent foundation. But in the past year and a half, I think it's just grown a lot more to our knowledge for video so
0: today you know photography content on youtube is is pretty significant today um you know there's a lot of big channels that that do that kind of content at that time were there channels that you were looking at that you liked or was it more the fact that you didn't like what was out there that you wanted to create
2: yeah, even still, right now, I don't really watch YouTube, and Daniel doesn't really watch YouTube. We don't really look to other channels. Like we like to support you guys our watch friends. Art. Well, I was Do gonna you say watch we like Art. to support our friends. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's like, um, Oh man. <laughs> but but yeah, that's not like we don't go on there for fun to watch tutorials. Like every once in a while, if we need to know something, we'll look it up. But um, we, we weren't really. I think that's um, one of the things that we realized make, made us um, different than a lot of other channels because we weren't. Um, trying to fit into the regular formula. Like we are just right off the bat just trying to do our own thing and not looking to other channels for how we should be or whatever.
1: If anything, we did the opposite. Like, um, so when I was learning motion graphics, uh, video Copilot was like how I learned motion graphics. And um, Andrew Kramer, who's like my motion graphics hero, he like knows how to make a very good tutorial because the um, end product that you create is really, looks really good and then the whole it's very fast paced so i'd always find myself pausing it rewinding it but it's a lot better than having to fast forward i thought so if anything uh, when it came to photography videos we did we looked at what was out there and we wanted to do the opposite
0: yeah that's that's really interesting and i think you see that in your content like even when i first started watching it i loved the vlog style you guys had just cuz like i'm a big fan of voiceover and i loved that you were like in a very cinematic way showing us your experience and then like narrating us through it. Was that inspired by anything or was that?
2: So definitely. Well, the main reason why we, I feel like we have to do it that way is because we're just really bad at talking to the camera. Um, so voiceover is like our only option of narration at all. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was inspired by, um, there's Oscar, Oscar Boyson. Yeah, Oscar Boyson. He has the coin ad. You guys mm-hmm. know Yeah,
0: I mean, Oscar and Max Joseph are, are primary inspirations for even creating.
2: Yeah, you yeah. definitely so. can see the Max Joseph in your guys' stuff.
1: And the Neve in your and face. And the Neve, yeah.
0: So, I mean, <laughs> the, the, I don't know if you guys saw this, but on our channel we showed, when we were in South Carolina, um, we were in a hotel, and as we are packing up, like the the woman who's like coming over to like clean the room or whatever like comes like uh housekeeping essentially like opens the door and
3: she's like loses her breath yeah, She grabbed me. Oh she grabbed Colin first here tell yeah. the story. She I was walking down the hallway and uh this woman goes You're the one with Neef. You're with Neef. You've been with him this whole weekend. And I was like, "Uh-huh." <laughs> I have and she was like, "Oh my gosh!" And I was like, "Yeah, he's right in here. Come on in." <laughs> just brought him into Samir's room.
1: That's like one yeah. of my favorite things about you guys is you just uh, uh, anytime yeah. Neve any or any, yeah anytime yeah. you get. Uh, th- I rolled with it Hus- with you guys. Yeah. Uh, as Hassan, Hassan Minhaj. Yeah. I yeah. took
0: a photo as him. I took a, f- so I took a photo as Neve with this uh, woman who was the biggest Neve fan I've ever come across, uh, which was surprising how she didn't know that I wasn't Neve. Yeah. Uh, but it was crazy. Like she like lost her breath. Like she's, the hands were on her knees. She was like, and I had to tell her that I wasn't Neve and she didn't care. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think she understood. Maybe she like she was like, I don't care. Like You're on Catfish, so it doesn't matter. I was like, no, I, I'm not on Catfish. But Colin and I, I think when we have a camera in our hand, we give off real Max and Neve vibes. Yeah.
3: I also think I've noticed that Samir and I are ready to improv at a moment's notice. A lot of just because <laughs> of like the way we spend our days and make videos together. So if someone says something to us, it's like a prompt. Like, you're the one with Neve. It's like, oh, here I go. Yes.
1: <laughs> How did I get into improv? Funny story. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Um, So I guess I want to dig a little bit deeper into why um, start the YouTube channel. Like you guys both had pretty significant followings on Instagram Um, and you know, as photographers or as um, creators, it seems like maybe there was an opportunity to go deeper on, on Instagram. Um, Was there like outside of the tutorial that you created, Daniel, was there like any deeper reason why YouTube, like why create video content?
1: I think it was just that we saw um, – it just seemed like a better way to reach people because YouTube is a search engine. It's, like, one of the largest search engines in the world. So I think um, the, like, organic – you know, the the way people find your videos, it's a lot easier to, like, get introduced to an audience than through Instagram. And
0: and was that just the craving or the desire to share – Where does that come from? Does that come all the way, like go all the way back to music? Have you always wanted to create and share?
1: Um, I don't, I don't really know, honestly. Um, I just, I think I just do things because I think it's fun. But
2: yeah, no, I think YouTube, like mostly, especially the tutorials, that's like that was to monetize it. But but there are videos that we make to share, and those are like we call them like passion projects. Those are like our little short films and stuff. And I feel like we do that on Instagram too. Or sometimes we'll go out and do a shoot that we really want to do because we love it. We'll share that. So, I mean, we do that and we love doing that. But the reason why we dedicated so much time, like Daniel's working full time. I was working full time and we were just doing YouTube on the weekends. It was like killing all of our free time. Well The reason why we like hustled that hard was because we knew we could, you know, that could be our job. Yeah,
1: And, and it's not that we don't like sharing like information. Like I, I like teaching. I think it's the cool aspect of it. I have a lot of teachers in my family. Um, so, I mean, I I think that's. I think information should be like readily available to people and I don't like when people are so, um, like, oh, this is my method that I can't, I can't tell you about because I mean, about it. yeah, like uh, it should just be freely available to people because, um, instead of being worried about competition, um, it pushes you to be better. So, um, if people are worried about like, I, I we've gotten a few comments, not, not very many, but it'd be like. You shouldn't be teaching people this stuff like um, like if you're if you're like that worried about competition, then I think you have some other issues you need to work out.
3: So I think what's interesting, though, is you're giving away a lot of utility and a lot of your work for free. Like you said, how did you approach monetizing it? And was that a difficult sort of transition to understand how to make money off of this stuff that you're giving away for free? Go ahead.
1: Well, okay. I think this was probably. I think this was, we started the channel after this whole ad apocalypse thing, or what? It didn't affect us really. Like we are after that anyways, So, um, the the through my work, like I had like kind of like these mentors of people who had been through like the YouTube grind and brand deals and stuff like that. And so I knew that the main source of revenue would be um, not AdSense, but it'd be like brand deals, like Squarespace or your own um, your own. Digital products or physical merch, anything like that. So it was kind of like we waited a while, and we're like, well, let's wait until um, we get contacted by um, brands that we actually already use. Like, um, yeah, like Wix hit us up, and we're like, Oh we don't use Wix. Like, I rather just I know Squarespace will um, sponsor anyone with a pulse, so we'll just wait for them to uh, slam. That's <laughs> true. We'll just wait for them to message us, and and so we did, and then they finally did, and we're like, okay, well, we have three Squarespace websites, so. I think that would make sense to have, like, a genuine recommendation to our audience.
3: So you weren't apprehensive then to put in advertising like that? Because it's kind of like you build this trust with your audience that you're giving them a certain product, and then the moment you add in advertising, it can kind of change the nature of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, but f- so from our perspective, we're like, we're working all the time giving you free stuff. Like, I don't I don't feel bad at all about putting an ad in our videos. Like, we don't have – this is um, – when you put in so much of your time uh, giving free stuff away from people like giving uh, them giving you 45 seconds of their time is not a big ask and they can always fast forward it if...
2: I, I don't feel bad when i like if i'm listening to a podcast and they have ads in it i'm like, well, like good for you yeah
1: get paid son yeah um that, yeah wait so, this yeah, podcast ahead. is brought to you by squarespace yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> one thing that i absolutely love though is that you guys have you don't just say that your video is brought to you by Squarespace. Like you make it entertainment, um, which is amazing. And you've built like a like a brand around your advertising, which is amazing. like the the screen comes up and says, okay, wait a second, we gotta pay some pay pay some bills, something like that. and and the absolute I think one of my favorite pieces of content that I've seen from you guys was the Squarespace ad in Malibu, where Daniel's reading the vows. I mean, when he posted that, I think on Twitter, like the initial, you posted like some joke of Val. That was Rachel. She makes oh, Ra- all the jokes Rachel. on Twitter. Okay. So, uh, when Rachel posted that, I was like, "That's hilarious." And then when you guys made that into a video, I was like, "Squarespace should run this as a real advertisement." Like that is hilarious. I emailed
1: them about that, and I didn't hear back.
0: Mm. Well, yeah, maybe Wix should run it. That's it. Yeah, but it um, was absolutely hilarious. So h- how do you guys approach that? Like, you w- did you always feel like, okay, yeah, we're we're gonna do these reads, but why not just say, like, all right, guys, also, like, this video is brought to you by Squarespace. Like, why why go that extra um, mile and that extra step to make it entertaining and, and to make it custom?
2: Yeah, our videos are, like, really stripped down. We always just want to just leave in the juicy parts. And that, so we didn't want to make any part of them, including the advertisements, like, boring, something that you'd want to, like, fast forward through. So, yeah, it's just a goal of ours to make it as entertaining as possible.
1: Yeah, and it was kind of like, oh, if we have to do these to pay our bills... Let's try to make it like more entertaining for people watching because it can be a drag listening to ad spots. Even though it's not a big deal, I don't think you can fast forward or whatever. Like, um, and, and I think podcasts, um, a lot of them did like a good job with them. Like, um, they would you know interview someone about whatever, and it'd be part of their ad spot. So that you, they would put more effort into them, and I think that was kind of like a good model too. Of like, um, put in some like investment um, into your ads because that's how you're gonna make money. So whether that's time, whether that's paying your friends to come out to Malibu with you to do this, you know, whatever. So, um, yeah, we just kind of wanted to make it entertainment er, or entertaining if we had to do it.
3: I also think the wording is significant of just, wait a second, let us pay our bills. Because paying your bills is such a relatable thing that no matter who's watching, immediately understands. Like, to just give the read with no context, you know. I don't think it would have the same effect. But now your audience feels attached to you because they're like, oh, I'll sit through this. I'm helping them pay their bills. Right,
2: right, right.
3: Yeah,
1: Yeah, exactly. When people, when we are, when uh, we'll get comments and people be like, I was going to be mad that you put an ad in, but when you said you had to pay bills, like, um, I was like, okay, that's fine. Like, yeah, that's universal. Everyone understands that. Yeah. And we do have bills to pay. Like, like uh, putting out free content. Um, I just said the word content. I don't know.
3: Yeah, yeah, is C- that over? Can you edit that out? This is ruining yeah. my brand.
0: Um, when we are putting out with
3: the word content.
2: You have to drop and give five push-ups whenever you say the word content. Oh, my gosh. Okay,
3: no. So
1: I would say content implies consumption, and then consumption, um, dev- to me, like seems like it devalues like um, what it is. Your...
2: There's Wait, like I, you know I
1: said the word consume right before we started this podcast. Did you not like that? Well, well it just makes you a consumer. Oh, God. Well like I don't know, like it, right. it, like if you think of uh, someone like uh pouring their heart and soul into like a podcast um you don't want people to consume it, you want people to like listen to it and appreciate it consuming just makes it seem like um it like it just seems like it takes it takes something out of it,
2: okay, I always think of like all killer no filler and content is great the album. filler
1: that's a great yeah. album, <laughs> yeah,
2: but killer it would be like you know a passion project and then the filler is just content some like it's you you're entertained for a second and then you forget about it
1: i think i think it just became like overused like a um it's it's like um if you think of like a daily vlogger like they need content for their their day like it's not their day it's like they're just thinking about how they can make content for their viewer or i don't know it's just at
2: one point we stopped like recording our lives and then like it's the opposite now
1: like you're making you're you're living
2: your life to record it or whatever i don't don't know how to explain it it's
1: like it's kind of blurry and sometimes content is the best uh word for the job but it's just been like replaced it's just like replaced so many other words that were just like content content. it It just um, it's
3: a very sterile word that takes like all of the artistry out of it it's also the word that like in the agency world you would use like Right. You know, you'd be like, we need fifteen pieces of content, ten on Instagram, five here.
2: Totally okay with that. I'm I don't I have a problem with like kids these days having like personal brands and like not just like putting their lives on the internet but like making content to put on the internet of their lives. Like that's because they feel like they need to? Well, because people aren't brands. Mm.
3: Yeah. 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 (laughs) I think people are brands now. I mean like how are like I think both of your Instagrams are a strong, strong brand
2: well that's, that's our, w- our job is on the internet kind of but i just mean like the kids who follow us because they you know wanna know how to have like the perfect instagram grid or whatever well just like live your life you know
1: i don't even like when people call instagram a, a grid like a feed their grid because that just reduces it to just like how it looks how your first 9 photos looked to someone and it's like i i don't know to me instagram's like a rolling portfolio of like things i've done the past year and you can look back and be like, oh yeah, that was you know that was fun. Or like, it's a lot easier than updating a website or something. But like, if it's just a grid, if, then it just reduces it to like, how does this look in a really small one inch by one inch frame to someone else, as opposed to like, do you like what you're putting out there, even, or is it just aesthetically pleasing to someone else you don't even know?
3: Mm-hmm. A lot of this digs down to the reason of like why you're creating in the first place. Um, something that we've been asking ourselves a lot lately like why we're choosing to make videos the way that we make them I would love to understand the root of like why you initially started creating and if you find that there's tension now that creation has become full-time job
2: all right because they're all looking at me right now <laughs> Do you have an answer? To
3: that? Well just as like um, a more
1: creative type person, I think um, you feel the need to like make something and like uh, sharing it is just like, the way that you it's like a way to express yourself I think and so um, you can express yourself genuinely or you can express yourself in a way that you think people want to see um, so I don't even remember your initial question but like
0: I think the, the question was like is it challenging now that creation is your job and what was the root of your desire to create in the first place
2: Okay, for me, maybe I'm different than you. For me, I always – okay, I always feel like I have to create – if I have something to say that I I can't ever just say it, I always have to, like, do – I always have to, like, take a photo or write a thing. I always have to, like, do it that way, and that's just, like, my way of expressing myself. And so that's always, like, a need that I have. But now that it's our job, sometimes we just have to, like, put out – things that i would call content things that are uh filler things that are like (laughs) well like tutorials i feel like like that's not like passion projects for us that's just us um putting something out to like and and sometimes you know it's not just filler like it's providing um value you know like uh, teaching something new but um but yeah that's not us like i don't feel like that's creating i feel like that's different than creating
1: maybe it's like producing or something like interesting yeah like it's not like a even though we try to inject some creativity into our tutorials, it's not like um, for us, it's not creatively filling, fulfilling. So we're like, we're left with like, oh, we made all this, we made this these videos, but like,
2: sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. You can go. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, th- 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 something that just occurred to me was somebody said something about like travel blog, travel vloggers. Um, you call them like creators, and I think that some people um travel because. You know, they have this desire to learn. Like, I don't know. I think like, Ant- yeah, countries. like Anthony Bourdain did that. Um, but some people just do it for content and that's not cr- creating to me. That's just, you know, that's a formula that you just go and you get the shots.
1: Get get the bikini, get the backflip, mm. get the water. They're like <laughs> right now. That's, I'm, that, by saying those, those things, that's like, dozens of YouTubers. So it's like not one person. I feel
0: like you guys should call someone out specifically to box. Maybe that could get views. That would be content. That would be Um, good content.
1: Well, no, because they all have like six packs and stuff and look really good in a swimsuit. (laughs) So I don't think I want to box them. Well,
0: I I think from what I'm gathering, it's funny because Colin and I have this conversation too. We went to Buffer Festival here in LA and we saw some like really amazing... Um, films that we considered like films like we looked at them and we were like i can't believe these are online creators these guys are making movies that are evoking so much emotion and like y- you see the difference between like uh you know when when youtube becomes your business like there's a strategic way to do it right there's things that um create a lot of audience which then in turn gives you revenue opportunities and then there's like the root of it which is like oh man when i was a little kid like i i cried when i watched this movie or i laughed when i watched this movie which made me want to make movies and uh y- y- finding a balance i think is a challenge and so we-, we ask a lot of creators about that question of like why did you initially create and now that it's become a business is it harder to uh, decipher the difference between like you know passion i guess and strategy i
2: think it's easier now i think it's very clear when we're creating something because we want to do it because it's we love it and we'll do those things for free yeah um mm. and then for things that are you know well,
1: yeah, for example, like uh, the moment short yeah. film, uh, it was like, um, all right, you have a budget of, um, I think like $1,000, we'll give you this gear. And so we really wanted to do a good job and like make it the best we could. And we spent like a thousand additional dollars out of pocket because um, the location was expensive, but it'd be worth it to, you know, really tell the story. Um, so for something like that, like we'll pay money. To do it because mm-hmm. it is more of a passion project, Early and just than, really it, bring on the best crew yeah, to shoot and then, behind the scenes. Exactly, right? The, the very best crew. <laughs> and and, the, and like the music video we did um, a couple of months ago, it was same same thing. It was like here's their budget, and we spent the entire budget on uh, the location for one day. And so we're like, we're not gonna get paid, but it, it'll be the best we can make it.
2: We couldn't afford Colin Smear for behind the scenes for that one though. Yeah, yeah,
0: they're so, too we, expensive. Really though. expensive behind the scenes filmmakers. So if you guys <laughs> need us, don't even ask. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're already booked. <laughs> but that, um, that's that's a amazing distinction. I think that's a really good example. Um, and and your music video series that you guys made on your YouTube channel, phenomenal. Loved it.
2: Well, that was how we monetized it. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, if if you're gonna put so much time into something, regardless of money, it was just like, well, we still have to do our weekly video. So, um, in order to like, in order to make it feasible, it's like, well, we can at least make a series about it and like teach people our process, show them our process, and learn from it at the very least.
0: So let's talk about brand building. Um, Year one of YouTube, you guys didn't miss a Monday, correct?
2: Yeah, I don't think we've ever missed a Monday. Okay, well, you guys
0: have never missed a Monday. The
2: very first, the, I think the video. second video we put out was on a Tuesday. Other than that. Okay, but you haven't I mean, missed a weekly
0: upload. Yeah, no. Yeah. So, uh, in my opinion, a brand is built on consistency. Um, so, when you guys, has that been a challenge uh, to be that consistent? And I think in year one, you guys hit 500,000 subs. Again, 499. That,
2: yeah, it was like just oh, like hundred shy. Bit.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My notes were completely wrong. Um, so yeah, I mean, but five hundred thousand subscribers. I mean, like, that's that's incredible. Um, so being being consistent like that, like, did you guys immediately from the tutorial just hit a stride of like, okay, cool, this is like we know what we're doing, or did it take a while to craft your style? Like <laughs> consistency comes in so many different forms, whether that's through um, style or through schedule. And consistency is what, in my opinion, yields the best results from an audience perspective and from a brand building perspective. So how did you become so consistent?
1: Yeah, so I think I we knew going into it, if you want to build a successful channel, you do need to be consistent. So we were aware of that. Um, but if you look at our early videos, like we just watched um, our very first video and we're kind of like laughing about it because, I mean, we, we, we did put like a lot of humor into it because um, I think we really wanted to kind of stand out from you know, it's like our own quirky sense of humor that we think is funny, and it was like... We wanted
2: to make it entertaining.
1: Yeah, we really wanted to make it entertaining in, like, the, the two and a half or three minutes. But it was also, like, very little of us on camera, like, just at the very end, and it was very uncomfortable for me to watch again because we just, that, you know, we are not we weren't used to it. And we're still, like, not very good on camera, but that's okay. Um, And and just the whole, the kind of the uh, the style of the video, like, it's progressed a little bit, and I'll, when I'm making, like, motion graphics titles, I'll get... I'll get bored with like a certain style we've been doing, so I'll try to like mix it up. So, um, but in general, I feel like the tone is pretty similar. Even if some things have become a little bit more polished, if we got a better camera or whatever, or um, I-, I still feel like we try to make it funny. We try to make it snappy. Um, anything else you want to add?
2: No.
0: <laughs> Did you guys come up with that? Like, so uh, your brand has, uh, you know, obviously brand name, logo, like all the things that make up a good a good brand. You also have a tagline that um, kind of gives people a really quick understanding which is photography tutorials that don't waste your time correct Mm -hmm. um did that was that the initial thought going into the channel or did that develop over time
2: yeah that was the initial thought that
0: was the initial thought i think
1: when we i think we made the i don't remember when we put the banner up like our Mm -hmm. youtube thing but i'm pretty sure that was in there since maybe day one i don't know but that was always our
2: a thing that i've been trying to push is just the tips
1: yeah we want to change it to just the tips because we do you know we do some filmmaking stuff and uh yeah, we're getting a little saucier in our old age.
0: Yeah, I like it. That's a lot edgier. Yeah, it's real edgy. You heard it here first. You heard it here first.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to get my mom to stop watching.
0: <laughs> um, that, that actually leads me into a question. We, we talked to a lot of creators about like family, and what did your family think when you were going down the path of starting a YouTube channel?
1: Oh, real, real quick, let me yeah. tell you what my parents... Well, because they my parents came to visit us in L.A. in February, and we'd started in January and um, I was telling my mom about I was like oh yeah we got to do this you know video blah blah blah. it's taking up all our time she's like why are you why are you spending so much time doing that and i was like because mom it'll be a business someday and so she was like okay she's like I, she, you know like most people don't understand youtube as a business but she was like uh, whatever you say like she i think she knows i'm always on the hustle for um, you know i always wanted to create a business so if you're looking for
0: cables just, look no further phone <laughs> cables from Daniel
1: no not anymore <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> sold out yeah uh, so so I think she was just like just kind of kind of like why are you spending so much time on it but um, just kind of trusted us I think Rachel what about your your parents
2: um, my parents are fine with whatever I feel like they trust you more than they trust me but I, my <laughs> grandma I always feel like I have to justify to her she's always like are you are you gonna be okay and I'm like it's like so much more secure than wedding photography is out yeah
1: she's cool? like are you guys staying busy like um you, you know
2: yeah or if like even sometimes my mom like if um like sometimes we'll have like weeks where we, we have like fewer daily subscribers or whatever fewer views. fewer views my mom kind of freaks out about that she's like well what's
1: your backup like what, what, what happens mm, if, you know interesting
2: yeah
1: and we're like well it's not gonna disappear overnight just because one video just because our third part of our music video series no one watched.
0: Wow! If you're listening to this, please go watch it. Their music video series is phenomenal. Calling them out. It's funny when you say no one watched because, like,
1: yeah. I it's all know, relative. It put, is.
0: Put that amount of people in like a football stadium, yeah, and you'd amazing. be like, "Oh my god, this many people are watching our it's, content." It's it's yeah. It's it's you, you get you get ruined, ruined honestly yeah. because.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What?
2: People would not want to watch us play football. <laughs> 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 it's
1: oh, no, good. you do get like.
0: It took me a second. Yeah. I was like, why are you talking about football, Rachel? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it's something that Sports. you can only really complain about with like other people in the same For n- sure. niche space as you because yeah. you do just sound like it gets to re- sound really like s- spoiled or well, something or like, It
0: gets really fast. Yeah, it gets really confusing and it happens really fast, Collins, right? Like it happens really fast and you're like, "Oh, this only has 20,000 views." Well,
1: yeah, and you yeah. get used to a certain level of um analytics or something you know yeah. something like that where you're like oh yeah we, we've been getting like 1500 subscribers a day for like six months this is great and then all of a sudden like you get like 300 you're like well what did i do wrong yeah. you know you're like you're trying to like be like well what's what's happening because it is your business and if you're not growing you feel like you're dying on youtube especially so you do tend to get like a little like oh wonder wonder why that is
3: do you find that you're still wrapped up in the numbers like do you check no. a lot? far I less
2: I don't know if we're ever wrapped up in the numbers I, I always just like want to like feel secure and I feel like we're diversifying enough right now where if one thing went under we'd be okay
1: like uh, the other day when uh, YouTube was down for like 45 minutes mm-hmm. and Rachel tweeted like oh what if YouTube stays down we all have to become accountants um, and, and that's something like you're like oh if YouTube did disappear I think we'd be okay um, you know we just adapt. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like like Rachel said, like diversifying um that was our business
3: is such an interesting time on Twitter for those forty five minutes.
2: People are addicted to YouTube, is what I've learned. is what I realized yeah. because within
3: a minute of YouTube being down, every one of like my friends that's on YouTube was on Twitter talking yeah. about it, and I was like, I, "This is scary that we all knew immediately."
1: That's the thing. I don't think I I would have never known if um if if, if Twitter wasn't a
3: thing.
2: I only knew because of Twitter, because I'm on Twitter.
3: Yeah, that's why. Yeah. And everyone's first thought was, what tweet can I put out? And I remember I put out a tweet, that, and then I read yours like, six, like minutes later, and I said to Samir, I was like, that's what I was trying to channel. <laughs> <laughs> like, it didn't come out as good, but that's what I was trying to say.
0: There was actually a really eerie tweet from Markiplier. Did you guys see that one? It said, like, uh, YouTube is down, I'm finally free. Or, like, if this stays down, then I'm finally free. I was like, that's <laughs> so eerie. That. So yeah. dark.
1: Yeah. I, like I like it. it.
0: Yeah, I, I read it, and I was like, I feel you, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, uh, it's hard because, I mean, that's what you asked for. That's what you right. got into. But just like anything, you know. Yeah.
0: All right. So question for you. You you had just mentioned diversifying. Um, advertising, obviously, is like a natural path for online creators. But you guys do all kinds of things, uh, which is really cool. You guys have merchandise. You guys have um, the, the lab. You guys have events. Like, to talk to me about how some of that thinking, um, like what went into that, into like the monetization of what you guys do and like the business aspect of Mango Street.
1: So I'll say um, several years ago, 2013 or something, I read like the four-hour work week. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. and It's it's mostly about, um, it's more about uh, like lifestyle design. So it's like creating the life you want, um, you know, what, what, whatever that is. So it sounds just like a marketing term, but um, what it means to me is like, um, you know, what do you value? And then like, what can you do in order to like have your priorities aligned so that you can, you know, do what you value most. Um, so for us, um, it's not like, I don't think it is about like getting 10 million subscribers on YouTube and um, <clears throat> moving into team 10 house or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> is that a thing? I would <sighs> love,
0: for you guys to spend a weekend in the Team
1: Ten house, I, think that I would can't be even. Amazing. I couldn't. I couldn't stomach it. I
2: would just make everybody drop and do push-ups all the time. You <laughs>
1: just said content and consume in the same sentence. Get down and give me twenty. Um, so, so for us, like, um, I don't think. I think maybe there's things we could do that would like maybe grow, grow our following or something more. But like. Um, would it take up too much of our time or or, you know, like, would it would it put our priorities out of, out of line? So, um, I think we've always wanted to like diversify the business to where, um, it's a little bit, can be a little bit more passive if, if we want it to be. So that way we could like take a week off and just hang out or, you know, not worry about putting up a video every, every week or something like that. Um,
0: so yeah, so so let me just define that a little bit for for anyone. Like pa- passive income means essentially you're making money while you're traveling or sleeping or you know you don't you, it doesn't rely on your time and your your energy. Um, and a lot of YouTube is is actually I don't know if you realize like at least for me when I really thought about like you're building a brand for yourself which is really cool. Um, and typically when you build a brand, it's like kind of scalable, but with YouTube, like it's actually really dependent on your like. Time and energy into making videos so it's actually kind of a service based uh, business but you know what they, the addition of merchandise and stuff like that like that that's what makes it scale so is that like when you say passive um, income or making the business more passive like that is it is it through merch or are there other ways also that you guys have
2: yeah we have like digital like we do presets and LUTs mm. and then um, we're working on I don't know if I can say it but we're working on some things that will top secret not Top secret, but I just semi secret. If, if we say it like it's taking us forever, and if I say it, I don't want anybody to rip us off before we get it out. We have, yeah, two two big projects that we're working on that will hopefully like we put all the work in up front, mm. and then, um, then there'll be digital projects that are uh digital products that people can just buy,
1: yeah. And then another another avenue is the space one right now, um, this and the next door space, the co working space that, um, once it's set up should run, you know, without us being there. And that's kind of, that's just another way to diversify and not rely so much on one platform or one niche or, you know, tutorials, something like that. So, um, I think we've always, and we've always been like that. We've always wanted to do that. I've always been interested in real estate investing and going like a completely different route where, um, you have like these other revenues, um, income streams, I guess. So I don't, we don't need to get into that, but like, this is just like Dipping our toes in the water by having these two spaces that are available to like rent out.
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's really interesting though because we've we've come across a lot of people who I feel like the the creator now, especially the creators that are you know in a similar age range as us, like they they have a really sophisticated look on audience and what it, why grow an audience, right? Because it's kind of an interesting time for audience development. Colin and I talk about this all the time that you can actually become pretty famous today without the same type of wealth that, like, fame brought you when in the 80s or the 90s, like, you could actually get really famous and not make much money because the platforms are there for you. Um, so you trade off some of your privacy now. Like, I think you guys have experienced this now, and you will more and more as, as your channel gets bigger, where people recognize you, want to come up to you on the street, want to um, interact with you. And it's pretty fascinating, like, why grow an audience. But I think it's... it's interesting to see the ways that people are starting to think about it that you know i I don't know that a younger kid who's looking at youtubers thinks like oh youtube could really help me invest in in real estate or you know and like create a I Ace. want to meet the little kid that thinks
2: that.
3: Yeah, thing. I do, There's too. Yeah, They should
0: come work here. Our feature kid, I think.
3: Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely a little kid out there that thinks that. For sure. He's
2: wearing a little suit, and it's so cute. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, I think the business of YouTube is just so fascinating. Like, I just think over the past year, Samir and I have met so many different YouTube creators in so many different like industries we've met like musicians who've started a channel because they want to fill their own shows at a concert or like we were hanging out with George Muncie from negative feedback another photography channel yesterday and he was talking about one of his initial reasons was to be able to bring people out to the galleries Mm -hmm. and it's just fascinating that like there's within every industry real estate whatever it is like YouTube seems like it can benefit you by having an audience
1: I don't see yeah why it wouldn't I mean but on what you're saying about like the wealth and stuff like that um, that people maybe assume or whatever. I I made more money in my full time job than I do now as a YouTuber or whatever. Um, so, but I'm enjoying what I'm doing way more now than I was before, and I wouldn't trade it at all. And there's you know that you have more potential obviously when you're running a business than when you're working in someone else's business. So that's another aspect to it. But um, yeah, it's not all. That's just that's just like a side note. That's not the main.
3: Yeah, it's definitely easy for people to assume that like if you have a, a strong following on YouTube that you're just like swimming in money for and sure. And some people are. And some that's people good are, for yeah. them. But I, I really do look up uh to your channel a lot though in the way that you are very clear with how you monetize and how you can interact as an audience member. Something that Samir and I talk about all the time. We're like how how would an audience member of ours like purchase something from us or interact with us? Like what's the right way for that to happen? Skateboards. Currently, oh, yeah. yes. Skateboards. But if you don't ride a skateboard or want one.
0: So, yeah, so I, I think it's so fascinating, like, when um, there's so many different ways now. There's, like, Patreon. Like, a lot of people use Patreon now. A lot of people um, do merchandise and, like, having having that transactional component. Because, like you mentioned, one thing to make sure you recognize is that you are transacting on time and attention, uh, right? Right.
1: I mean, that's one of the reasons why we don't do Patreon right now, which we did. Like we had the lab, which was like this Mm -hmm. community and it was through Patreon and it was several thousand dollars a month, but, um, we either had to devote a lot of time and energy or we didn't devote enough time and energy and felt bad about it. So we were just like, we'd rather not have that and not have to worry about, um, that time commitment and making sure that we're providing enough value to people. Like we would rather just not have the money then then feel like that
2: yeah we were traveling we were in iceland and like didn't sleep for like three days or whatever and we were just like on the on the lab trying to catch up and stuff and i was like i don't want to live like that yeah we're all about like what is it like lifestyle
1: design lifestyle
0: yeah
2: working to live or living to work Whatever the good one is, that's what we're all about.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, I think that's that's uh, really amazing. And, like, the second we walked into this space, like, I looked around and I, I said it to you guys, I was like, this is the most you space I've ever seen. I, was having a space like this always a dream? Yeah. Well,
1: okay, the, 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 we've we talked about it for a long time, um, but the way we got it was very spur-of-the-moment. Like, we were just um, – our friend Sam Elkins, who we had previously not met, we saw on Twitter that he – Um, just got a studio space in the arts district and we're like oh wow that's we should hang out and um, we're like then I was thinking I was like maybe we should get our own space too and we had previously talked about it but we're like yeah let's we have other goals right now but then like uh, the day we're gonna meet up with Sam at his place we looked in the same building uh, with the leasing agent and we're like oh this is pretty cool and we signed the lease right there before we even met up with Sam and we ended up being across the hall from him
0: so yeah, I wanted to talk about earlier and this this is a good lead in into it like work life balance and separation um from work and time as a married couple. How does that at it. Yeah, We're how does at How it. does
1: that work or We have or?
2: no advice. We have no good advice.
1: Well, we 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 have advice probably, but it's advice that we should follow ourselves. Like um Rachel just last night I was like trying to work on this video and she's like we need to have a date night soon and I was like Yes, and and just uh, Sunday was like, we took Sunday off, even though we had a ton of stuff to do, but it was like our first day off in a long time, and it was necessary for just like our own well-being, because, you know, we'll start to get grumpy, we'll start to just, if you think about this like to-do list of things you have to get done, and how much you get done in a day, if it doesn't feel like enough, like it just weighs on you, so like sometimes it's better just to like take that off.
2: Yeah, we just like add stuff to our to-do list every day, and I feel like we'll get like one thing done and add like three things every day.
1: Yeah, and we'll try to sit down like on Sunday and map out like how we think we're gonna spend each day for that like the upcoming week, and it almost it never goes like we'll be like uh, start editing this video on Tuesday, and then it's like Thursday and we hadn't haven't even started doing that, and mm. we're like how did what happened? Yeah,
2: but I will say that like we work right next to each other, and every afternoon like well <laughs> we used to do coffee runs, but now we have coffee here. Uh, we would like go take a walk, and in the mornings a lot of times we like walk with Carl, like we. We have more time to just like, to to spend with each other more than when you would leave and go to work.
1: Yeah, if if I'd rather like stay up late editing, we can have like a slower, slower morning together and like just start later if we want to. So um, it is important to know like, pay attention to like what you need mentally, emotionally, um, (laughs) and sometimes it's okay to just like not work and spend time together. We'll try to do like movie nights and stuff like that, like. When back when Movie Pass was actually a, a good uh, thing to have Slim. and use, yeah, useful, thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'd go see movies like once a week or something, and that would be like our date night. Um, but you know, we like we just we do everything together, so we like go grocery shopping, it was, you know, just mundane stuff like that. That um, that's just living life. It, yeah.
0: it, if if there is like a something that doesn't go well in the business or something that maybe you guys are like down about, does one of you? Take the lead on kind of like picking back up and like picking up the optimism. Cause I can imagine living together, being together, working on the business together. There might be times where things get really challenging and then you're just living in it. So, how does that, how do you get out of that?
1: Well, I would say it's like wh- whoever's feeling most down about it, the other person has to take the opposite approach. Like, um, kind of like the Michael Scott Paper Company, uh, when Pam goes over and Michael's like freaking out mm-hmm. and Pam has to be the positive one. It's like that though, where the, the other person has to be like um, the other one to like balance it out and be the optimistic person. I think
2: I can't think of I can't think of when that's happened to us. Yeah,
1: our business just goes so well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, like, I don't think we like ever, it's so like uh, like we're not really working for anybody. Like like if it's a goal that we just didn't reach on our own, I don't know. I don't
1: well, think I, th- we- well I, I would say like uh, if you have like goals for us or like deadlines and we don't hit them, I think you can get like frustrated by it. Uh, um, and I'd be like, oh, it's fine, you know, blah, blah, blah. But that's probably just me excusing um, being late with edits. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it, it is a little bit of a balancing. I always think it's like whoever is most upset, the other person has to balance them out. by like because,
3: being
2: like for anything with us. We...
3: Yeah. I think a lot of times with YouTube, it's super easy, like you said, to like make lists and be looking in like the very short term, trying to get things done in the next like hour or two, next day or two. Samir and I always talk about like one of our long-term goals is to put a film in a film festival. Do you have any like long-term goals that you're looking at? Yeah, for sure. I think. Um, Rachel's yeah, Rachel's got a sneeze. Hold on.
1: Let me mic this up.
3: <laughs> I think let's mic it up. Mic it up. Ah, <laughs> gonna... oh,
1: bummer. Oh, no. <laughs> um, well, I think for us, it, most of our goals lie outside of YouTube. Um, so one thing we always talk about is like having like a docu series or um, documentary. Um, something that's like on a, a platform like Netflix or something that's, you know, I think that for us would be a really in, uh, aspiring goal.
2: Yeah, that seems so huge and so far down the line, but I don't know, that's like the end end goal for me.
1: Yeah, an end and, and goal would just be like something that you're really passionate about, They can devote all your time to because you don't have to worry about uploading a YouTube video every week or something like that. So I think for us it would be like something
3: that scale um, just to have that experience would be great. When you think about that goal, is the the topic something that's outside of the world of photography? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like, that's. I
2: already, I already know what it's about.
3: Oh, I can't wait to find out. <laughs> I don't want to say it. But yeah. do you think that's a reaction from spending so much time in photography? Uh, we just have a lot of inter- We have a lot of other interests, you know, and photography
1: is just one aspect of it. And
2: yeah, I like things that like are emotional and like make you feel and. Uh something about photography.
1: Like one of her favorite movies is A Ghost Story, which is, if you've ever seen it, um, it's kind hey, of a... Have you guys seen it? It's a It's a... Da- I mean... Let's leave right now. Let's pause on. this okay. podcast. We'll go watch it. We'll yep. be back to you in we'll about five We'll be back
0: minutes. in an uh, hour and a uh, hour, yeah. Two hours? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: But it, it's it's dark. It's slow moving, but it, it's like... I feel like it captures Rachel's essence in a way. Whoa.
2: I, just, I don't want to make a, in a ghost story thing. I, I want to do no, like I know. A, like a real life person. I don't know
1: yeah but the point is like i mean photography is just it was like one niche that we know enough about to like share some information with and share some work with other people so i'm I'm surprised it's not a mockumentary rachel because
0: that's my dream is to actually be in a mockumentary I, I, my senior film was a mockumentary oh, yeah. in film school and i uh, played like a very michael scott esque character which is one thing that I think we all connect on. Let's um, revive it. Is is the love of the office? Um, I wanted to ask a quick question, which is favorite episode? Because you office. guys, you guys like have the office typically playing on your big projector while you're working, right? Or you used we have to something. So you have yeah. something, whether it's Parks and Rec or The Office.
2: Yeah, we have
0: something. I'm a massive Office fan. Like I, I will watch The Office forever.
1: Favorite episode?
2: I think it's stress relief or the dinner <sighs> party.
1: Yeah, those Wait, are, dinner party at Michael's house? Yeah. Oh yeah. man, it's so good. I kind of I always I really like The Dundies and mm-hmm. s- just cuz it's season 2 and I I had season 2 on DVD back when I was in high school and I just mm-hmm. it feels so nostalgic to me and it feels like I don't know, anytime you get through watching The Office, I always want to like go back to season 2. That's good. I'm going to go Traveling Salesman where they all split up
0: into twos and have to go on sales like calls. the Amazing Race. Yeah, it's unbelievable like when Jim and Dwight are out together. It's just my favorite. Yeah. And like, yeah.
2: Another good one we just watched was when they are determining whether or not, what was that, what's her name? Meredith? Like, whether that girl was hot or not. Oh, oh. Hillary Swank.
1: Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was funny. Oh, Michael yeah. comes in at the end, oh, who's that? She's hot. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: that was good. I like when uh, Michael travels to New York to go out with Ryan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's uh, a funny yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, it's an all time We could
0: have a it's whole the podcast be- about The Office. It's honestly. the best show ever, I think. Greatest of all time goat the goat all right and my last question for you two is where did the name mango street come from
2: oh we get this question a lot it's um based so it's based off of a book called the house on mango street by sandra cisneros
1: rachel's a lit major
2: yeah i was a literature major and it's one of my favorite books and we were um a long time ago in like 2013 or something like that we were um trying to think of a name for a business where we would like do content creation for brands um and i was reading that book or it was laying near at me and i was like that's a that's a good name mango street lab
1: yeah well we liked literature uh themed names for like when you had uh wedding photography packages they were like named after like literary literary characters so i think we just kind of want to keep that route and it's to me it sounds kind of intriguing when i hear the name i'm like oh what's what's that about
2: it sounds tougher than we are <laughs> yeah,
1: so then when we were uploading our first YouTube video, we were like, uh, what should we name our channel? And I- well,
2: we did that video, like, all in one weekend, and we didn't have a lot of time to, like, think about anything. Mm-hmm. So we had the, the like, URL for mangostreetlab.com. We're like, let's just use that.
1: Yeah, we didn't want it to be, like, um, photo tutorial, whatever. I don't know, like, anything like that we puts want... you in a box, and it just sounds so boring.
2: A bigger umbrella.
3: Okay, my last question for you. This is something I've been thinking about a lot lately if you could only leave one video on your YouTube channel? Mm. Like YouTube is just, yeah, it was basically going to shut down, but you could leave one video on your channel. I like this question.
2: I love this question. What's what yours?
1: You... <sighs> uh, right now, I would say it's our Iceland video, which uh, Rachel wrote the narration for, which to me just always gives me th- the shivers, which I don't get that from any of our videos really, but when I watch that one, I feel something and I edit. You know them a lot, so I don't really. I'm very in 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 the edit, so I don't usually feel that much from our videos. But those, I mean, that one always hits me.
2: There's probably another like I was thinking Iceland too, but there's probably one more. Social media. I like the social media one a lot. Um.
1: Which is called We Quit Social Media or something.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah, something where where we've taken something that I wrote and then put video to it. Those are special to me.
1: Yeah, like there's this one of like where I'm from, or it's it's called The Question I Can't Answer, um, about about Rachel, um, about like Rachel's like childhood, like growing up stuff like that, and it's that's another one that like kind of hits you in the feels.
2: Those are our passion project ones. Like I would leave one of those. The tutorials can all go.
1: Yeah, we can just delete
0: them.
2: <laughs> they can burn. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, amazing!
0: There are so many questions that um, we did not ask you guys that um, I think you guys would have phenomenal answers to. And I think if you're listening out there and you have questions, um, ask them on Twitter. That's my favorite place. That you guys exist. I'll on.
2: Respond with an office
0: gift. Yeah, Rachel. Rachel will, will respond, and it's my favorite. Or
1: uh, slide into our Instagram DMs, and we won't respond.
0: Yes. Um, or friend request Daniel on Facebook, and you my could space. marry him. And maybe. Yeah. yeah. And maybe I'm you actually can marry him. Funny note
1: here: I'm not on <laughs> Facebook anymore. We are. Facebook is activated right now. What? Uh oh. I didn't know that. Tom, anyways, anyways I've had a Facebook yeah. <laughs> since like 2010. After I got the girl.
0: Well, thanks so much uh, for joining us on the pod, and thanks for inviting us to your cool podcast studio. Thanks for having this us. Is, for having this us is a dream place. Check out Mango Street across all platforms, both of their personal Instagrams, Mango Street Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. That's it.
1: Let's Not Facebook.
0: Eat. Not Facebook. All right, let's go. Let's the go ditch. eat something. That's it this week for the Colin and Samir podcast. We hope you enjoyed that conversation and we hope you're able to pull some inspiration from the way that Rachel and Daniel have grown their brand in such a short amount of time. It was incredibly inspiring for Colin and I to be sitting in their new studio space and really see the physical embodiment of two years of hard work. It really puts into perspective what's possible when you embark on a creative journey. Sometimes it can feel really challenging in the beginning, but it can definitely pay off in the end. So let us know who you think we should have on the podcast. Is there a creator that you'd like to hear from or are there just any topics that you'd like to hear Colin and I cover? Make sure to review the podcast on iTunes and tweet at us with any feedback you have. You can also email us colinandsamir at gmail.com. We love reading your emails and hearing the feedback you have on the show or on our YouTube channel. All right, that's it. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Colin and Samir podcast.